Kindred Church is a Christian community gathering in Reno, Nevada. We employ a dialogical teaching style, but for the sake of privacy, we remove the participants' responses from the recording. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we'd love to have you join us in person or online. For more information about the church and for our service time, location, and virtual gathering options, visit kindredchurchreno.com. Good morning. It's so good to see you all. It's wonderful to be together. You know, we weren't here last week. Rob and I, my husband, took a break, and it's so refreshing to be back here worshiping with you. So my name is Christine Callagher. If it's your first time at Kindred, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. If you're a regular Kindred attender, it's wonderful to see you again, as always. We've been going through this series called Why We Do What We Do, and we've talked about all sorts of things that are ingrained in Christian culture, examining them. Why do we do them? Why are they relevant? And are there other ways to see these practices and traditions? And how can we look at our own practices and traditions anew? So we're going to be talking about generosity and the value of generosity for someone who follows Jesus Christ. This is not cornering the market on how to define generosity. This is contributive, you know, collaborative. Um, I'm going to have our panel today introduce themselves really quickly before we jump in. Yeah, thanks, Christine. Uh, First of all, Christine and Rob, thanks for taking a break last week. I didn't know that's what you guys are doing. Church is great, but being able to take a break is also great. My name is Ron. My wife, Laurel, unfortunately cannot be here, but she's great and she's got a lot to say about this topic. So feel free to talk to her about it anytime if you're curious what she has to say. Hi, I'm Charlotte. Josh is my husband. He's home. One of our kids are sick. We're foster parents and bio parents and hopefully soon adoptive parents. All right. Well, this is our esteemed panel. And also at Kindred, one of the things we love to do, whether we're doing the panel discussion or it's more of a traditional sermon, we like to get you involved. So congratulations. You are also part of the panel today. (laughs) Um, We love getting input from the whole church. And we're very fortunate right now in this stage of our family development that we're small enough and intimate enough to where we can have conversations as a whole group in this room, which is a really special thing about this community. So please don't be shy. Setting the stage for this conversation about generosity, I want to hear from all of you. How do you define generosity or what comes to mind when you hear the word generosity? So I'm going to turn it over to the two of you, and Ron, maybe you can kick us off. How do you define generosity? You know, usually the first thing you think of with generosity is giving. And usually giving means money or some kind of material possession. And that's usually kind of the context that we think of generosity in a practical way, right, out in the world. Part of me kind of wants to dismiss that and say, no, it's other things. And it is. But I also want to take some time, like, yeah, it's important to give money, too. The Bible talks about that all the time. And I think there's a reason for that. Money is really important to us because it's easy to trust it for our security, for our provision, right? I think that the Bible talks about, and Jesus even talks about money a lot, because I think it's the easiest thing for us to idolize, to replace God with, to trust instead of God, especially in our capitalist, materialistic, free market society. And there's pros and cons of that, like everything. I'm not bashing it. But I just think we live in that context. And so it's probably easier more than anything else to trust money instead of God. And so for that reason, we should be generous with our money because of that very reason. So I do think that's an important part of what it is. But I love the other answers too. Like we were kind of batting around the idea and and came up with the term, the generosity of spirit, of just everything that we are is generosity. It's not just like I'm giving this thing to this area. I'm giving this thing of me to this thing. It's just I'm excited to give. I want to be a person that is generous in all that I do and and with everything that I have and everything that I am. Well, I think it's funny because when we were talking, I was like, what do we think with generosity? And what came up was money for all of us. That was like the first thing that came to our heads. 
And I said, I feel like generosity is the term that usually has to do with money. And when we talk about like being generous in other areas, it's like this person has a gift of hospitality or the gift of service when really hospitality is just that I'm being generous with my home or like service. I'm being generous with my time and whatever skills. And we also talked about, is it really generous if someone's like, hey, I have all of this and I just give off the top of my wealth, not anything else. Right. A sacrificial type of giving, a sacrificial type of love. Yeah. That that's kind of a a marked difference. And that kind of flows right into the next question. I mean, generosity is not exclusive to the Christian faith. You see the call to be generous all over multiple cultures, multiple periods of history. It's something that's pretty transcendent. But I think the next big question is, are there ways that Christians are called to be generous? Is there any specificity to the ways that we are intended to be generous as followers of Jesus. When we were talking about this, there was that why. Why are we supposed to be generous? I mean, Jesus was generous. He was generous with literally everything he had, every part of his body, his mind, his soul. And I don't know what that's necessarily supposed to look like for us, but I think that God puts a different calling on each one of our lives in the way that we're supposed to be generous. I don't have a good singing voice or can play the drums, so obviously I'm not being generous by giving my time up here, but God gave us other things to be generous with. You know, that's why we foster and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we've been talking about why we do what we do, you know, and anybody can talk about generosity, like you're saying. So why are we talking about in this series? I think it's because, like the Mother Teresa quote that was brought up earlier, for us, generosity is not just giving what's easy or just giving what we can, you know, that's kind of the way that's usually framed. But I think that for the Christian community, it is supposed to be a communal, so being generous to each other is a tendon of our community that keeps us together. But also, I think the Christian identity should be defined by generosity because we have this amazing God that will always provide for us. So even when it's more than we would probably normally give, we keep going another step of generosity because we know that God is providing for us, right? We're not going to be left out in the cold. One of the best things I heard from you, Ron, was just how generosity specifically makes God's love perceptible in ways that are not reachable through words alone. There's something that happens when someone gets to experience the love of God through his people that is incredibly important and special. And I want to hear from all of you now in terms of what ways you think Jesus is inviting us to be generous. Often in church experiences, this discussion is quickly followed by the prosperity gospel, which means like if you give, and usually the implication is giving to the church, so much, then God will reward you with wealth and happiness. That's not what this is. This is about trusting God and knowing that God is the one who provides ultimately for us, and we trust God more than we trust anything else in this world. Something that arose during our discussion and planning for today, and it was the question about motives. In playing devil's advocate just for a moment when it comes to motives, on one side, you can say, well, does it really matter what my motivations or someone else's motivations are to do good work as long as the work gets done? Is that the win? Or on the flip side, do motives matter so much that you're essentially paralyzed from doing anything because you think to yourself, well, my motives are never going to be good enough to do this good thing with a completely pure heart. And so you get stuck in inaction. So I'm curious first to hear from the panelists about how you think motives play a role in generosity and to what extent. Well, how you said if you're pure in heart, well, if that's what you're waiting for, then it's never (laughs) going to happen. (laughs) But I believe God put this calling on my life to be a foster parent. And he put it on so strongly that I wouldn't be satisfied otherwise. And if I didn't have that motive, there's no way that I could do this. Because fostering is hard and it breaks your heart so many times. 
there's happy parts too, by the way. But <laughs> if there wasn't that like strong motivation behind it, there's no way that we would keep doing this. But we'd be skirting God's responsibility if we didn't do this. And so having that motivation, it comes back around to being like, oh yeah, there's a reason I'm doing this. It might not be that we have some like awesome amazingness coming out of this, but that's not why we're doing it, you know? When I think of motives of giving, it's not about the amount. It's not even about giving more than you're giving now necessarily. I think of like the widow's might, right? That, that story where Jesus notices all these rich, powerful people coming into the temple, making a show of their giving. And then this widow comes in and gives this tiny amount compared to what was given by these rich and powerful people. That's the one that Jesus pointed out. She gave because she trusted. The others gave for their own show of how generous they are. She gave quietly before the Lord that which she could give. And that's what Jesus honored. And that's what he pointed out. So when I think of motives of giving, it's about giving an amount that you trust God with. How about you guys? Kin thoughts. (laughs) Kindred thoughts on the motivations of generosity and how much they matter. Can both of you give us some examples from your lives of what some roadblocks to generosity have been for you? And you don't have to feel like you've overcome them, but just tell us about your experience. And if you feel like there's been any kind of growth that you can share, please share that too. For me, it's selfishness. Ultimately, is my biggest roadblock to generosity. If I give that much, or if I give that thing, if I give that time, if I give this space in our house, if I give this money, then what about me? What about this comfort that I want? It's me first and then others, or my family first, and then others. It can be a hard thing to learn, I feel like, when you've never experienced it without strings attached. Learning what generosity is when you don't ever see it modeled and you don't, like, really know what it is. Um, I didn't until I was an adult. That's a block to generosity right there. And my husband's family was and is extremely generous. Um, And so that was kind of our motivation just for fostering is they were the family that like there were kids that needed somewhere to stay. They stayed with them. And now we're continuously recipients of generosity from my husband's parents. They're amazing humans. I also was thinking following Jesus is hard. It's going to be a challenge. Jesus told us that. But ultimately, he also said, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. It should be a joy. It should be good for us as well. And if generosity is not a joy right now, maybe you're the one that needs to receive some generosity, right? Mm -hmm. We cannot do any of the things that Jesus asked us to do until we first have experienced it, ultimately from God. But it also happens within the community. That's why Christianity is a communal experience. So maybe we also need to consider like, hey, I need some generosity in this. I need to experience generosity, which of course means we also need to have a relationship with each other, being able to tell each other our needs or what we have to give. That comes from a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important part too, is that like a block to generosity can also be a lack of community or relationship. You know, if there are any roadblocks to generosity, sometimes it's because we're not making our needs known or even our desires known. So thinking through generosity from a communal mindset, in what ways do you want to grow in generosity as an individual? And how would you hope for kindred to grow in generosity? Laurel and I, my wife, we were looking for the right fit for a church We were like, man, we need friends. We need a community. (laughs) We're missing a big piece of our life. And that's what Kindred has been for us. We have really knitted into this community that's been great. And so that has been a reception of generosity for us, a lot of generosity of love. And 
to answer the second part of the question, I want Kindred to be a community that is so generous with each other and with those around us that it's what we're known for. Right. Something that both Ron and Laurel have talked about multiple times. If any one of us feel called to address a cause or an issue, come to this community and say, hey, does anybody want to help? That's the kind of organic opportunity that we see in this community as well. I'm kind of tired of churches being like, here's the thing we're going to be giving to, you know? I want a church that empowers people to do the things that God called them to, rather than the leadership decided that for you. When we got our last kiddo, he didn't have clothes that fit him. So we spend a bunch of money in the beginning, and then it's a little tight till we get our next paycheck. And Kindred donated so that we could buy this kiddo what we needed. That's never happened before. So we just felt really loved in that moment. Thank you both for sharing that. And thank you for being willing to take part in this panel today and for adding your voices to that conversation and for living life the best you can as generously as you can. This kind of goes back to the why this is a part of our Christian identity specifically. We're not people trying to survive in a harsh world. We are people being loved by an infinitely powerful God. And our life should be reflecting that. Right. You know, the God we love and God who loves us is the God who sees all of those needs and desires and his response is to give us himself. We hope you enjoyed what you just heard. Kindred Church is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you find value in the ministry of Kindred Church and would like to contribute to our efforts, visit kindredchurchreno.com to donate. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email kindredchurchreno at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.